take my hand. Now, open your mind to me. Please. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is Monica Perez. I am the Libertarian Voice on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. I give you the Libertarian angle on the news of the week. This week, it's a very tragic story. I thought I was going to be talking about uh, our imminent invasion or possible hostilities in Yemen. And instead, all eyes turn to the thing that scares us, the thing that should scare us, because in reality, even if we send our soldiers and our money to Yemen, we fly planes every day and this kind of thing affects us in our daily decision making the risks that we're taking personally i'm not saying it should be that way i'm just saying that's how it is and we've been i personally think that not only is there a rush to judgment assuming this guy is was suicidal and killed all those people but also the way pieces of information can be put together by the media, by the social media that will paint a person a certain way, even though in my investigation, there are just as many things, if not more, maybe even an overwhelming amount of stuff that that steers us away from from this picture that's being painted of this guy. And I feel like that's one of the dangers of the surveillance state, that they can use little things, the information age, they can use little things against you, and then media blasts it everywhere, and there's no pulling it back. I want to Give away the weekend prize pack. That's super fun. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about this guy's, uh, uh, about the suicide angle here. Like I was talking about it, Bob, Steve, Patrick, in that order. Hang on. We're going to get to that. Um, I'm going to give away the prize pack. And then before we get to the suicide thing, Peter, who is an airline pilot, wants to set the record straight about what's really going on here. So uh, here is the weekend prize pack. It's a pair of tickets to Fifth Third Bank Broadway in Atlanta's production of Blue Man Group, April 7th through the 12th at the Fox Theater. A family four-pack of tickets to see the Braves versus the Mets. I was born in Brooklyn, if you couldn't tell, on April 12th at Turner Field. And a pair of tickets to see Rod Stewart in concert on July 15th at Verizon Wireless Amphitheater, produced by ASO Presents, and a McDonald's $25 gift card. First to call 404-741-0750 gets that. Uh, I'm going to go first to Peter. Peter, you're on with Monica. Monica, good afternoon. How are you? Hi, good. How are you doing? Hey, listen, I have you on speaker simply because it's just easier for me. If it doesn't come across clear, let me know and I'll swap out. Is it okay? So far, so good. All right, Monica, I spent uh, 23 years in the Air Force as an Air Force pilot and then joined a major airline, have been flying for them for 25 years. So I've seen it, you know, and when something like this happens, you're right. The media takes hold of it, and there's nothing that we can do, you know, but watch the news. And, and you know, it's like what I see is this. As, as citizens of this country, and especially as drivers of automobiles, like on the drive home today, there was traffic in Atlanta, and people were driving like they needed a mental exam. They were driving in such a way that it made my life, in danger. So people drive that way to the airport and they fully expect me to fly the airplane safely. And 
And that's a good realization. I mean, they, they should have that expectation. But it's like, we, bottom line, we should conduct ourselves in a way that we don't endanger our fellow citizen, whether we're in a car or in an airplane. Having said that, when my major airline hired me 25 years ago, I was given a psychological exam. And every pilot back then was given a psychological exam. I would say that they're still doing that, okay, at least at my airline. And I would imagine... What, every year or just when you get hired? No, when you get hired. However, you know, Mm -hmm. as people progress, you know, if something is bothering a person, usually your fellow employees will see that they're with you for like a three-day trip or four-day trip. That's what I think. I mean, the people whose names are actually cited as quoting about this guy have all said that he was happy and healthy. They could not conceive of this being true. There are other reports from people who won't say their name who throw them under the bus, but you can't, you can't, I mean, there are 7 billion people in the world. (laughs) Plenty of them are not reliable. I would say, you know, let's not rush to judgment. Let the investigation take its course. Now, it's hard because if you're in the news business, you want to get out there with the first news eye-catching thing that you can put out to the public, and they're going to get glued to your station. Whether or not it's true is a different matter, you see. So I would say, let's the investigation take its place. Let's find out what the facts were as best we can and then come to a conclusion. I will say this. It, it, on 9-11, everything changed, obviously. But if you were to go one day prior to 9-11 and somebody were to say, hey, you know what? What would happen if we got hijacked today? And and they would say, well, I, I guess we would comply with what they want. I mean, we've been flying hijackers to Cuba for years. And, and we just landed, you know, and and then turned the airplane around and left. And then what would happen if the hijacker got in the cockpit and wanted to fly the airplane into a building? Well, the day before 9-11, they would have said, well, you're crazy. I know. I think that there's evidence that people did, uh, that that was one of the scenarios. I've read numerous times that the government did run those scenarios. They did anticipate that. And crazily, I wish I could remember the name of it. There was a YouTube, there's a, there's a, there was a TV episode that year, some months before, where it was like, um, whatever, a, a hacker group, that was the, the premise of the TV show, and they showed somebody hack in, I think, to an autopilot and fly a plane, just barely missing the World Trade Center. It was the craziest, craziest thing. I, I think it was a coincidence, but it was not unanticipated, and neither is this idea of suicide unanticipated. And there's uh, many possible examples Uh, or several, I have a list of nine, they're not conclusive. The majority of them are not conclusive, but suicide is something that is anticipated. There are psych tests. As a matter of fact, I read in one early article that in April of 2013, the EU, the FAA, whatever the governing body was over this particular German Wings flight, changed the rules so that the airlines were no longer responsible for the psych uh, element. That the government was. And as a libertarian, I firmly believe that the private company is aligned with keeping you safe and happy because you're their customer, whereas the governments, uh, all they do is trade on your fear. So it's a, it's creepy. But anyway, so I'm going to go to Bob in Gainesville. Hi, Bob. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Monica? Good. Talk to me. Um, if the co-pilot had no ill intentions, is it reasonable that he would have manually locked the cockpit door in addition to the normal automatic electronic door locking system? 
is it reasonable that he would have reprogrammed the autopilot system to 100 feet altitude from the 38,000 feet they had just reached less than one minute earlier? I just think suicide, you know, from the limited information we have now, I think that suicide is the most probable explanation. And if someone's suffering from uh, deep depression, they're often very disconnected from the world around them. I've dealt with two people suffering from clinical depression, and they could go into a veritable trance when they sensed a high-pressure situation. But My this opinion, guy does not have a history of that. Well, there are, there are reports. That he there does. are some suggestions, but right. if you read those reports, there's absolutely nothing backing them up, nothing. Right. Even well, the New York Times headline was, he hid his mental illness from his superiors, and then in the thing it says, officials say uh, he did this, and then it goes through all the pieces of evidence that point to this guy having any illness at all, and none of it was mental. Even the, the hospital that they quote as being where he got treatment uh, said it was not for depression. The doctor's note had nothing written on it. It could have been minor. He was being, he wasn't hiding anything. The FAA had, that that we know of, the FAA had a... Uh, his uh, that he was being monitored for a chronic condition. Obviously not something that they thought was super worrisome. I'm well, guessing it's because he was a runner. I'm not trying to argue with you, Bob. Sure. I just, it just, I, it strikes you as reasonable. It strikes me as funny. Well, the mind can shield us from pressure beyond what we can withstand. And yeah. so I can see his heart rate not going up if, just... he's, if he's in a depressive mood, if he's in one of these trances. And, you know, it's reported you know, that he had psychological problems. He'd recently broken up with his fiancée. Two hours ago, the New York Times reported that he was suffering from vision problems, which could have ended his career. So in addition to these possible problems, the regular life, just regular life can provide pressures, which can be overwhelming to any of us. But this kind of an action is so rare. It's so, like, superhuman to do something like well, that. It's just the situation he was in. Suicide is not rare. I believe that the media... No, suicide is not rare. Right, but suicide this... is extremely common. In the military, what do we have? In 2012, we had 8,000. We had 22 suicides a day. And experts all like to say, well, that spike in suicides related to the stresses of war. According to the Veterans Affairs Department... Uh, let's see, 85% of military suicides have not seen combat. And yeah, I know. I've read that. have never even been deployed. I actually know these suicide statistics because they're, when, when they appointed like an Ebola czar or when they freak out about gun accidents, I like to point out, I think the answer is like 35,000 people a year commit suicide more than commit, than are killed commit suicide more than die or around the scene that die in, right. in car wrecks. Well, I'd like to give you my explanation of why this happened. It's reported, uh, the, uh, the Guardian uh, reported that uh, Andres Lubitz uh, attended the Monstrabor Tabor High School, from which um, he received a humanist education and completed his high school diploma in 2007. And I really think that's the problem. And I think that's not the problem in just this case. But in most suicides, my surprise is that there's not more suicide than there is, or maybe it is greatly underreported. Because people are untethered from spirituality and right. from meaning? Right. I mean, what, what is, look up humanism. I mean, it's, it's basically the people who have no faith in their life. No. Yeah, no, I have to say, Bob, I did have that thought um, when a suicide touched my family. I remember thinking that... that meaninglessness i i suspect that meaninglessness contributes to that that kind of thinking just it's alien to me but uh, i want to continue with this theme Stephen patrick thanks for holding get right to it 404-872-0750 1-800-WSB talk you can tweet, tweet at me at monica perez monica perez on news 95.5 at am 750 wsb 
We're back talking about the German Wings Air tragedy, which I hate to even talk about it like in an analytical way because when I hear the stories, when I see the pictures, it upsets me so much because, you know, when you have kids, when you have a family, like you just, that's your fear. And you see people off on planes, you can't help but but be a little afraid of that or just like in your normal life, I read this thing that having a kid, having a child is making a decision to let your heart walk around outside your body for the rest of your life. And it really feels like that. And I just can't bear to see that kind of tragedy. It just upsets me and I don't usually want to talk about it or anything. But at the same time, it upsets me when I feel like tragedies get used to push some agenda without regard to the truth, without um, regard to principles, it seems like a time in my mind that our authorities, the media should have some <laughs> dignity, have some touchstone of morals and principles to not rush to judgment, to investigate for the good uh, of the safety of truth. So I don't like it when I see these stories that seem to just want to dwell on the tragedy. Oh, we can fix it. Give us more power. Give us more regulations. I don't like it. And I want to talk about it. Uh, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Maurice. Hi, Maurice. You're on with Monica. Maurice, can you hear me? I am going to put... Oh, there you are, Maurice. Hey, Maurice. Okay. Hey. Um, Obviously, you know, these are speculations that you can't prove, but I just throw this into the mix to make the thing even more uh, down the rabbit hole <laughs> I uh, hate to do that, but I mean, sometimes you just, uh, they're down the rabbit hole too with some of this stuff. Well, I know. That's the way reality is, it seems. But, uh, I mean, as I understand it, there was this guy named um, Dov Zogheim, I think is his name who was in the Bush administration, who, strangely enough, besides being involved in missing uh, trillions from Rumsfeld's uh, military uh, thing that... Uh, but anyway, he, yep. among other things, he was the CEO of the Systems Planning Corporation, which is a flight termination system that... Uh, even back then was being installed in planes to the, to remote control planes. Really? Um, like across the board? Yeah, now I'm not, I mean, I just... I have about heard, one minute, Maurice. I want to hear okay. what you have to say. So I have one, I have a full minute, but you got it. Well, I mean, I don't have all the details, unfortunately, but um, uh, the point being is that they can do that. Uh, and of course, there were speculations that that was what happened on 9/11. But uh, out, uh, but I just saw an interview with this uh, woman who's a, a stewardess, actually, and she wrote a book on 9/11, and that was part of her uh, conjecture, is that, uh, that that that's what had happened. Uh, that the plane had been taken over remotely. That would really terrify people much, much more than the idea of hijacking, which we can get our minds around. Right, because you, right. you look at something like the, the Target or a J.P. Morgan or the Blue Cross Blue Shield, whatever, gets hacked. <laughs> so easily, it seems. If Hillary Clinton's email can get hacked, if the technology exists, that's why people don't want it. That's why pilots don't want to fly on those planes. I don't know if it's 
if it's across the board, I do know that Boeing announced it on their 777s in 2006. Uh, but yeah, that's a scary thing. Maybe this is to get us used to that, to make us happy to give up the pilots. I don't know, but I know they don't let crises go to waste. So something will come out of this. Just like the underwear bomber gave us the TSA, something will come out of this. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica. Your call's next. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am your libertarian voice on WSB every Saturday from 3 to 6. We're talking about the big story that's been on the news 24-7 all week or since Wednesday morning. The crash of German wings, uh, the flight that killed 150 people crashing into the Alps. They say it was the co-pilot crashed it on purpose, committing suicide. And I, I was just, a, I am concerned that the facts are not all in. They don't have the flight data recorder, which is really suspicious, unlikely. The thing apparently broke uh, or whatever. It was twisted up in the, in the crash. But when they went to retrieve the memory card, it was gone. There are no real details about how that would have happened and this stuff is designed to withstand a crash like that. So that's suspicious. And unless we have that information, we're really not going to know what happened because they say they have the voice data from the cockpit and the auto, the, the co-pilot doesn't say anything. He's breathing normally. You don't know whether he's conscious or not. Uh, the autopilot supposedly is what crashed it into the mountain. So you don't know how that got set. There are just too many questions, and I just don't want to rush to judgment, to take action, to promote an agenda without knowing the truth. And I'd like to hear from this guy's parents, from his fiance of six years, to see if the way this guy's picture is being painted is true. Because if it's not, maybe there's something going on here that we don't know about. Maybe there are vulnerabilities or whatever. And I just, I don't like being what I feel like is manipulated. 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. I'm going to Philip and Marietta. Hi, Philip. You're on with Monica. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Philip. That's okay. How are you, Monica? You're a very popular girl. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. You've been on hold. I know. I know. That's thank okay. you for holding. I'm listening to the radio on my phone. It's great. But listen, uh, I, uh, I, too, don't want to rush to judgment. But I started digging, digging deep on the Internet. And I found a report from the German PI News. Uh, Michael Mannheimer was the guy who wrote it. And what was strange about it is, uh, I read it right over here. It says, according to Michael Mannheimer, all evidence indicates that the co-pilot of the Airbus machine, it's translated from German to English, in his six-month break during his training as a pilot in German wings, converted to Islam, and subsequently, either by order of radical, for instance, devout Muslims, or received the order from the Koran on his own, decided to carry out this mass murder. That's a radical Well, his leave was agreement. six years ago. His leave was six years ago. That's right. That's right. And, I don't uh, know. I dismissed that story as seeming just far-fetched. I do read the German online newspapers also, but uh -huh. I just, I rejected that. I thought that story sounded far-fetched to me. I, you, you'd he want some evidence, right? Well, he attended the very, very radical uh, mosque in Bremen, which was closed down in, in 2000. How do you know he attended that mosque? Because I read it in a German paper. I know. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like you can't, we don't know. You could write anything anywhere and people pick up on it. 
Um, I think that's a little far-fetched. Who knows? I, it would certainly have to be verified before I put it in the hopper. I, I, I look at a lot of these unsubstantiated stories and just dismiss them. And, and I think that you have to, if you're going to go for an alternate theory of what's going on, you have to, uh, you have to be more scrupulous even than the mainstream media. You have to uh, insist on sources, insist on evidence. It has to make sense. There has to be um, corroboration. Until somebody corroborates that, I do not accept it. But I don't know what really happened. I'm going to Marlene. Hi, Marlene. You're on with Monica. Hi, Monica. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Great. Um, I'm with you. Um, I don't really buy it because we don't have all the facts. But I can tell you the technology is there for remote control uh, because I I work with the engineers who, um, so I do know 100% that the technology is there, which is uh, a great concern. How do you know that? I'm I'm not challenging you. I just want to know how you know. Well, because the company that I I work for is involved with uh, developing um, a lot of... um, software-defined networks and um, and devices that connect with the Internet and with um, online services. So it, it definitely does. Exist. So you're saying the technology is there, but you're not necessarily saying it's installed in a plane? Like I, Boeing says it they have it. It can be. It very well yeah. can be. That's the thing. Um, it is available more widely than we are available, uh, that we are aware of. In fact, there's other technology that's really mind-blowing that's not that we may think is science fiction, that's really science fact. Can you give me an example? uh, As an example, there are cameras that are the size of a grain of salt. Wow, that's dangerous. uh, Yeah, so there's a lot of technology out there that... um, the public might not necessarily be aware of. but And in this case, it was stated, what I read was they actually think... They, they know that there's a problem telling people about this technology because the pilots don't want to fly planes that can be taken away from their control. So they, there is a reason to keep it quiet, and people might freak out that things could be hacked. There's a lot of technology out there that uh, if, the, if the public knew about it, it is very convenient to have Facebook and uh, a lot of the technology and conveniences, but as you know, you know things can get hacked, unfortunately. And uh, the thieves, which is really what they are, you can call them hackers, the same thing, yep. thieves, um, outpace technology as soon as it's created. You know, of course, there's good uses for it, but the thieves um, begin plotting. And they well, that, that worries me, because uh, Elon Musk, who's the founder of Tesla, for example, he said that artificial intelligence to him is the greatest threat to humanity. He's super scared of it. And if you're saying that it's it's not, you can't insulate these technologies, uh, then then we're vulnerable. But, you know, we really don't know what else happened on that plane because we don't know. We're just going by assumptions based on audio. We don't know who was in the cockpit. Maybe there was a struggle. Uh, we don't know who was banging on the door. So we really don't have 100% certainty of what happened or who was involved we don't I mean know. at this point I almost wonder I'm not going to go this far but you never really know if the voice data stuff is is a hundred percent um real too yeah. I just that right. can be manipulated in my opinion yes it can 
So I think I I do worry. Uh, I one of the one of the problems here is that we're all mainstream people having this conversation, and and it's based on the fact that we have reason not to trust our authorities and our media, and that whether whether they're telling the truth here, whether our uh, mistrust of those institutions is founded or not founded, somehow we have gotten here. And that that makes me think that there have been enough things, enough experiences in our personal lives that we don't trust those institutions. And that should be a red flag. That should make us more, make us insist on more scrutiny. Uh, I mean, I really feel like we should hold the mainstream media up to the same standards we hold the alternative media, which is you don't ever give it the benefit of the doubt. Never, ever, ever. And the government, forget about it. Anybody who follows the the way um, the the parties are are treated in one media outlet or another knows that it's mostly spin. So I think that, that there are underlying issues that br- this brings out. I'm going to go to Bill in Atlanta. Hi, Bill. You're on with Monica. Yeah, hi, Monica. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine. Um, first of all, I wanted to say I totally, totally, totally believe they need to get more information. You know, you can't rush the judgment on anything. You have to get all the facts in there. And the second thing is I've been flying for 40 years. I've never heard of a flight data recorder where the chip went missing. Not that it was destroyed in the impact, but it went missing. That just seems a little far-fetched at this point. That's all I'm saying. But that's what, what Hollande, Hollande, the French president, said that. I know. That's Unless the translation was not... No, no, no. It's been been vetted. Yeah. But but again, I've never heard the chip going missing. That just seems a little preposterous. The whole reason you have the recorder is to have a chip in it. So unless you can tell me that somebody put that into the airplane without a chip in it, which makes no sense, or there was some other logical explanation. I can't believe it just went completely missing in the crash. And the weird thing found the recorder. about that is that in this case, because it's supposedly the autopilot, I mean, I assume they know that the autopilot was set to crash because they're saying that definitively. They must not need the flight data recorder for that. But in this case, it seems the only way to really know what happened would be through the flight data recorder, right? Uh, no, actually, I don't, I don't think it's necessary if you can trust the audio data. And let me just explain this. See, the uh, bad guys may or may not have known that the transponder essentially has a separate channel that now tells you what you're doing on what essentially is a mode control panel, where you are telling the autopilot what to do. So if you set an altitude in there, it sends a message to air traffic control. If you were to set the wrong altitude in there, air traffic control can sometimes check that and say, hey, wait, I told you to go to this altitude. Why do you have this altitude? Set? But they can't Sorry. change it. No, they, they couldn't change it. Could, the no, air they, traffic control could not remotely change that altitude. No, no, no. not at all. Okay. They, but they would see that and they would, and say, they would hey, tell you. you yeah. Okay. Well, this is the reason why they're saying, well, you know, that based on what they supposedly heard yeah. from the voice recorder, they're saying, okay, right after this event happened, the door closed, all of a sudden this was changed. The plane starts to descend. Now they're hearing somebody banging on the door. Again, it's a nice narrative, but what I want to just take one separate step is they're quick to blame a depressed pilot and all kinds of other stuff, but, you know, rarely do depressed people ever um, commit mass murder. A lot of times depressed people will kill themselves, but they won't commit mass murder. Now, if his, they say the reason was a breakup of his girlfriend. Now, if his girlfriend 
his girlfriend's parents were on the airplane, then sometimes you lash out with vengeance, you know, if they're angry about something. But if you really think about it, what are the two, what are two other possible scenarios? Where do people commit mass murder and then kill themselves? Uh, one of them is terrorism. So right. until they've totally vetted that avenue and really explored it, that's a possibility. The other thing is what happens if this poor guy has some kind of... Uh, other medical conditions. An aneurysm. What if he had an aneurysm, a, a flight attendant suggested earlier? Let me, yeah. I've got not a lot of time, but I want to ask you something. Yeah. I, I saw a quote early, early on in this story that said the plane, this was the information they had originally. The plane started descending very rapidly and very quickly in a short amount of time, which could be indicative of a pressurization problem or complete loss of pressurization, in which case the pilots would attempt to get the plane down to a breathable altitude as soon as possible. When I read something like that, I think that we can't know what happened without more information. Is that, I mean, is there, do you think there's a scenario? No, see, the voice recorder could theoretically hear the sounds of a rapid decompression, hear the air escaping or something Yes, I understand. And people on the outside yelling and screaming wouldn't hear them because they would have either passed out or they'd be too busy trying to breathe to be yelling at somebody. So that's probably not the situation. That's not to say there couldn't have been some other type of slow pressurization. Assuming the voice data that we're being told is is accurate, that rules that out. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I love to hear the professionals, especially pilots, tell the story. An earlier pilot said the guys on the TV, the talking heads who say they're experts, actually don't give you the real story. Uh, Anyway, so I'm going to wrap it up after the break. 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. This is Monica Perez. Monica Perez on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. I am the Libertarian on WSB. I'm here every Saturday from 3 to 6 giving you the Libertarian view on what's going on. Uh, Big picture stuff, theoretical stuff, world news. We're talking about the German wings air tragedy that I hate to think about, but I also want some answers, which I don't think we have gotten. If you like to continue this conversation, I'm always on Facebook, on Twitter, on my website, MonicaPerezShow.com. I was going to talk about the other examples of pilot suicide, but I didn't get to it. Uh, I posted it on my Facebook page. There's like nine examples, and this just doesn't seem to fit the pattern to me. Most of them were like like, uh, the plane was stolen, the guy was freaking out. And the ones that aren't like that, uh, the real big ones were disputed. They were not clear what happened. So I just I think that we have to think through what makes sense. And I just don't know if this makes sense. Somebody sent me an email saying, have you ever seen anyone have an epileptic seizure? It's like they're in a trance. They can have regular breathing. We really don't know what happened in the cockpit. And I want some answers. And I think it's going to take some time to get some answers. But there are also, I try to cover local issues. One thing that I've been covering is some of the legislation that's been coming through Georgia at the state level while they're in session, which is a very limited time. One of the things I got a lot of um, communication, a lot of hits on my website and stuff is about this bill, HB 310, which creates the Department of Community Supervision, which really has no limits, no constraints in this bill. And the public was really up in arms. I can't tell you. I got so many, so many follow-ups on that uh, offline after the show. 
I know people went to the hearing, people objected, but it still passed. Basically, unanimously, the stuff passes. Very few, I shouldn't throw anybody under the bus. Few people voted against it. You can get the details on this at voterga.org. It's a great organization, from what I can tell, that really uh, watchdogs legislation. And they are having a press conference um, on Wednesday, April 1st, this Wednesday at 1 o'clock at the Capitol, the Georgia State Capitol, to talk about this. They're going to try to get... A deal, Governor Deal, to veto it, which I think is unlikely because I think he's really in favor of this. But I that, but we definitely need to let him know. I feel like the most important thing is to take control at the local level. So I appreciate the efforts that this VoterGA.org makes. And uh, if you go to my Facebook page, you can get a lot of information on that stuff. I always love it if you like the show. If I get a few extra likes on my Facebook page at the end of the show, I feel like I'm doing a good job. And you can always tweet at me, at Monica Perez Show, and check out all my old uh, podcasts on my website, as well as the podcast of this show, which I will post uh, as soon as I can, early next week, monicaperezshow.com. Talk to you next Saturday from 3 to 6.